Hey guys, it's Faith. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of my mental health podcast. I'm so excited, you guys. We're doing big things on the podcast this year. I have my very first guest interview today, and you guys are going to love her. She's really, really amazing. Before we get started with that, I just want to remind you guys that we're doing the group coaching call this Saturday for the Mental Health Mastermind. So if you're not in the membership site, go over and join, and then you'll be able to get on a video chat call with me and the other women in that group on Saturday, and it's going to be super, super awesome. I hope that you will join, and I would love to get to know you more, and I want to go ahead and get into our interview. I'm so excited. So I want to introduce you guys to Cora Lynn. She is a friend of mine, and she agreed very graciously to be my first guest and my guinea pig on the podcast. Cora Lynn, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. I like, I love getting the chance to like sit down and talk with you because you're so real and I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm excited. We, we did a very long in-depth interview on Cora Lynn's podcast you guys should go listen to and I think it was almost two hours long. <laughs> so if you want to hear more of us, you can definitely do that over on her podcast. Cora Lynn, do you want to go ahead and just give an introduction to who you are and kind of what you do a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, introductions for me are probably like one of the most challenging things to do because I'm such like a jack of all trades. And like, as my partner likes to say, I really like to like jump around from thing to thing. I am that person who's like, this is lighting me up for like three days. Um, and if it's, uh, if it's fast lighting me up, then I just keep on going. I find something new. Um, so my name is Corlin Hazelwood and one of the things, well, a bunch of the things that are lighting me up right now is podcasting, having serious, like open-hearted conversations with incredible women um, and really just inspiring every, every woman out there, every person out there of their worth and what they're worthy of and like helping them step into that. Um, I also do a lot of graphic design, web design on the side. That's kind of like my, like what, what pays my bills and what keeps everything going um, as well as business coaching. Um, I guess, yeah, that's me. That like, that sums me up. I, um, I don't know what else you want to know. <laughs> yeah. Plug your podcast. So your podcast is called, it's called Lighten the Fuck Up. Is that what it's called? I'll yeah. Link- so the podcast is Lighten the Fuck Up. I'll link it I'll below. Link- you guys have to go check it out. It's very soulful and thoughtful and just a really lovely, good feeling podcast. So you guys should definitely give it a listen. Coraline, could you just give a brief kind of overview of what your mental health journey has been and what kind of some of your struggles have been in the past? Yeah, so I mean, really, really, my mental health journey goes back as far as like not even realizing I had a mental like health challenges. Um, you know, as far back as high school, when it comes to like anxiety, being a part of social situations, um, anxiety is kind of the one thing that I've really, really dealt with and tried to manage and, and kind of understand for most of my life. Um, when I look back at high school now, and I'm 27 to give anybody an idea of like how long this journey has been, I can see that some of the ways that I was like, quote unquote, coping with my anxiety was by like inserting some of these negative habits that weren't quite in alignment with who I was. Um, so anxiety has kind of been the thing that um, has always been there with me in one way or another, but it shape-shifted so much throughout my life. Um, and then I'm at the point now where I can kind of see the warning signs of my anxiety coming up and 
I have a better grip on like what works for me and my mental health and keeping me on track in my day-to-day life um, when it comes to flare-ups. And that could be anything from, oh gosh, uh, anxiety comes up for me when I'm about to jump on a podcast like this or when I'm going into a new opportunity. It also comes up when I'm like having conversations with family. It comes up in so many different ways and I can really pinpoint when I'm anxious now based on some of the triggers that come up like craving sugar for me. Like I know that I'm really anxious and like overwhelmed about something. Um, And then the other one that's kind of been really more prevalent lately, I would say probably in the last three to five years has been depression with my cycle. So depending on what phase of my cycle I've been in, um, I can get into kind of like these really low, low periods. Um, And, you know, that's been something that I've, again, tried to cope with naturally and just try to, instead of treating it, I've, I've really tried to understand what it's trying to tell me rather than like trying to get rid of it. I'm like, focusing on my anxiety and my depression popping up being more of like alarm systems for me rather than these like bad things about myself that I want to get rid of. Um, if that answers your question. I love that. I think that's so thoughtful because I think it's so easy when you're struggling with mental health, we tend to be so hard on ourselves and it's so easy to be like, I'm bad, I'm lazy, or why am I this way? Something is wrong with me. I'm messed up. And I love the idea of it sounds like you deal with your anxiety in a really caring way where you observe it and you're kind of like, this is, and you seek to understand it and do it that way. And I think that's such an important thing to remember for all of us as we're managing mental health, that we are doing something hard and to give yourself grace and kindness and that there's nothing wrong with you. And it's all kind of a learning experience. So it sounds like it's been like kind of a long learning experience and for me too it's just like kind of an ongoing process like we're always learning right and it's like anytime I think I have a handle on it I'm like I've got it all figured out I totally know how to manage my depression that it's like something will come out of right field and it's like oh yeah like (laughs) have you had any kind of experiences like that (laughs) oh my gosh all the time and like that's one thing that I'm like unbelievably transparent about in every single area of my life because a lot of people look up to me and think that I that I have it together. They're like, you're this bright, shiny star. And I'm like, no, like I'm right on the path with you. And I think the thing with mental health, whether that's anxiety or depression, or, you know, you have a diagnosed disorder, whatever that might be, is that like, it's not linear and we can't expect it to be like, I don't think you ever reach a point with your mental health where you have arrived and you're just never shaken by anything I think that the challenge just presents itself in like a different outfit right so some days what's anxiety provoking to me is jumping on a podcast some days you know the anxiety comes up when I'm bored in the middle of the afternoon and the fridge is there and I want to binge right it it's always just shape-shifting and it's always just trying to come in in a different way and I'm not always graceful with myself. Like, I think that's really important to point out. Like some days I do find myself like halfway through the ice cream tub and then go, oh, this is just my anxiety. Like I don't actually need this, right? So it's like, it's not, it's not about getting rid of it altogether. It's about shortening the amount of time. I think that you're in that kind of, that reaction phase versus that proactive phase. And it's just, 
that's kind of how I give myself grace is it's like, it's not supposed to be perfect. It's not linear. And the more that you can kind of surrender to the fact that, and I know this is really going to be challenging for some people to hear, but like in a lot of ways, I find that it's really here to serve me um, in a sense. And again, that's hard if, if, you know, you're contemplating life and contemplating whether or not you should be here. Like that's a very challenging thing for me to say, but in my experience for my type of anxiety and depression, it's really an alarm system for me to go, oh, I'm living outside of who I am. It's time to get back on track. Or, um, you know, you overate sugar yesterday and therefore you have an anxiety attack this morning. Like it's some of those things that it can just alert me to where I'm living out of alignment with, with who I am. Yeah. That idea of mental health issues being here to serve you is definitely something that resonates with me. And I talk about it online all the time too. And I do get pushback from people and I understand why, because it kind of pushes on people, I think in a bad way, but for me, and I think for a lot of us, when I decided like, this is for my good and it's here to serve me and it's here to help me and teach me. And it's taken me on this journey of like radical self-acceptance of how can I love myself when times are hard? How can I love myself even when it's hard, even when I've screwed up, even when I'm not the person I want to be in life and I'm not showing up the way I want? How can I love myself through that journey? And it has served me in so many ways. But when I decided like it was for my good and I was going to learn from it and make it a journey of radically transforming the way I view my whole life, really, is what, it was so empowering for me because before that, I was just stuck in this place of like, why is this happening? This is so unfair. Everything's so hard. Everything is bad. And that victim mode will cripple you. And it, it, it did for me for years. I mean, I lost 10 years of my life and that's why I'm so passionate about talking about mental health to women because, you know, for 10 years I was just stuck in this victim mentality where I couldn't do anything. (laughs) And I felt like everything was unfair and everything was out of my control. And when I started to shift it, like what you're talking about, and I started to say, this does serve me and it is for my good, even though it sucks. Like, that's the thing I think people don't understand when I talk about that is, I'm not saying it doesn't suck or I'm not saying like what happened to you was fair or that life is fair. Like that's not it at all. It sucks and it's hard, but it's made me who I am and it make it continues to make me who I am and it serves me every single day. So I definitely really resonate with what you're saying. And I don't know, that's just such a strong, it's such a strong message. I try to get out there, but sometimes I feel like it's a hard message. It's so personal. It's so hard to, express it in ways where I feel like people really understand. Yeah. I mean, and it's you know, the, the victim set, like the victimhood mentality is something that I can so unbelievably relate to you on. And if I, if I look back at those parts of my life where I felt like everything was working against me and I was a victim of absolutely everything that was outside of myself, what I like to think about or what I like to kind of equate that to and what helps me stay where I am is that like, I have no power in that state. Like when I'm in that victim mentality, I, I have zero control. Like I've given away my control on this life to absolutely everything outside of myself. And I think that there becomes a moment on your like, and most of us have gone through this where, you know, you feel like, 
God, like my parents couldn't pay for my education. And there's that like resentment tinge, right? Where you're like the victim of your middle-class upbringing or, um, you know, your low income upbringing. There are a lot of people out there with like that mindset. And for me, um, when I decided that that story wasn't mine anymore, or that like it wasn't going to render me powerless, it was going to actually bring me power. That's when things started to shift. And I think it was the same with my with my mental health, where I was like, okay, I have this anxiety, and it's overwhelming. And it means I can't do x and I can't do y and I can't do z. And when I when I was open, and I think that's the challenge, you have to be open to that lesson of asking yourself, like, what is this actually here for? And there's like, there's like a feeling I think that you got to of like frustration and annoyance, whether you have anxiety or depression, you're like, I can't live like this anymore. Like I'm fucking done. I can't do this anymore. And for me, that was when I had to flip the switch and go, why is this here? Right. And I think there are a lot of people and I think we're all just on very different points in our journey where that might not be resonating yet. And like, maybe this feeling hasn't been hit of like, you've, you've, literally been handling as much as you can for very long and you're at your breaking point um I forget who says this but she says that a miracle is just a change in perception and I think that that can apply to absolutely anything and especially mental health is how can you shift your perception around this that you're yeah challenged with and that is not easy to cope with but how can you change your perception of okay what is this here to teach me how am I here to be guided by this? Um, and if you're not there yet, like that's okay too, right? There, everybody's on a very different path and on a very different point in their journey. And I think that's the hard part about mental health. It's like we're all on such different spots in our in our journey, right? Some people are meant to figure it out really, really young, and I think some people aren't meant to figure it out until later in life. And yeah all of our different opinions can really trigger a lot of different things and different people and um it's hard to be cautious of all of them but still share your story really truthfully so like i love that you share that about you right um because it's probably not an easy thing to share and an easy thing to hear for some people too yeah it's easy it comes easy for me talking about it for whatever reason and that's partially why i believe it's like my calling right it's like this is something yeah. hard that's easy for me to talk about, but I do try to talk about it from the view of like, this is my truth and like, what's true for me and what's true for me is not true for everyone. <laughs> so I try to just share like, frankly, about what my experiences have been, what I'm going through. I've been processing a lot of my mental health journey in real time in front of my audience now, which has been really interesting as my audience has grown. It's definitely stopped to make me think like what my responsibility is, how I share things and how I share these different stories. And it's a different experience for sure than when I first started sharing in front of 30 people versus now, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that come to the website every month. But I always want to be truthful and I want to tell my story as real and authentically as I can. And I want to tell the truth about what living with depression is like, because there's so many people that don't speak on it. And there's so many people even I know that are so successful and they have these huge platforms and I know they struggle with mental health, but they won't speak on it. And that's something I love about what you do with your platform is you speak very openly and very frankly about things you're struggling with in real time, things that you're processing in a really authentic, soulful, 
way. That's why I wanted you on the podcast because I, you're one of the few people I follow on social media where I consume your content every single day. And that's why is because you share so authentically and I just love the messages that you share. One of the things I've been seeing you speak on a lot is managing anxiety like naturally. And I wanted to ask you if you would speak on that a little bit, because I know I'm a huge advocate for medication also. Just I'm going to give that disclaimer to anyone listening. If you need medication, get medication. I take medication. It's fine. But I wanted to ask Coraline to speak on managing it naturally because she's had a lot of success managing her anxiety without medication. So I was wondering what what that's kind of been like for you and if you could give advice to anyone struggling with this, like what would you tell them to start doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, also think like I'll echo, like there is no, there is no right or wrong way, I think, to manage any type of mental health challenge, right? There are, there are people out there who need medication and I don't think that there's absolutely any shame in that like if that's the support that you need where you are at your point in your journey then I 100% support anyone who needs that I have been fortunate enough that I haven't needed medication um and in fact some medications that I've been on actually caused more mental health challenges for me than you know not being on the birth control being a massive one um which was my first step in trying to manage it was coming off birth control. So that was a big one for me. And there are a lot of hormones and synthetic hormones that are, that exist in birth control today that can really, really alter the way that you, the way that you think and the way that you feel. And when I look back at some of the most like tumultuous times of my life, birth control was a big factor. It was something that, um, you know, played a really, really big role. Or like I had just changed a birth control and then I went through like a depression or I went through a time of like high, high, high anxiety and overthinking and like whatever that might look like. So it's just been something that is like forever transforming for me as well. And I think that that's really important for me to share before I share what's working for me right now is like prior to this, there were other things that worked for me and then they stopped and I had to go, okay, this is no longer working like yoga, for example, um, what can I put in its place or what can I test out now? And I think that there's this belief when we're managing anxiety or depression that like, say, for example, yoga helps you is that like, it's going to help you forever. I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, when I started practicing yoga about probably five years ago, five, six years ago, that was a big way that I really, really managed my mental health because my anxiety came from overthinking and overanalyzing and like kind of overlooking at absolutely everything in my life to the point where my mind was absolutely never quiet. And so to be able to do something like yoga and I practice a really vigorous form of yoga because that's what spoke to me, that got me out of my head and back into my body. And that really helped me manage my anxiety for, so for a three year period of time, yoga was something that I sat down well, not that down, but you know what I mean? I did every single day, whether it was like I had 10 minutes or I had an hour. And that was something that really, really worked for me back then. Right now, it's just exercise in general. So I do my best to be in the gym. And my anxiety can sometimes stop me from getting there because I'm overthinking about everything else going on. But I'm at this point right now where I feel so good on the days where I do 
make it to the gym, even if it's for a 20 minute run, or I do get outside for a walk, that it's like, if I don't do that, I'm not supporting myself in the way that's meant for me. And so the first thing that I do right now, in terms of my mental health is like, doing my best to just be physically active every day and being non-judgmental about what that looks like. So some days I go to the gym and I can sprint for 20 minutes and some days I go to the gym and I walk for 20 minutes and I'm like, you know what? So long as I get my butt in here, I did what I meant to do. I moved my body and I honored my mental health today. And like that's, that's part of it. The other thing that I'm trying right now, which I don't know if it's really impacting my mental health all that much, but it's definitely had an impact on like my physical appearance and like bloating and stuff like that, which I think we all know there's a lot of mental health relationships between the gut and what's going on in our head. So anything that helps me manage like good gut bacteria or good diet is, is massive to me. Limiting the amount of sugar that I take in is really, really beneficial for my mental health. Um, you know, last night, <laughs> last night we made brownies and I had one or two too many. And this morning I slept through my alarm and I was like, so in my head about getting to the gym, right? That anxiety really flared back up. So diet is something that I'm also like super big on. Um, I don't eat a ton of gluten and I don't eat a ton of dairy. Everything else to me is pretty much free reign. Um, I try to just be really mindful with food about how it makes me feel. If I ate brownies and it makes me feel like shit, you know, 20 minutes <laughs> later, I'm going to try not to eat as many brownies, right? These types of things. Um, pure therapeutic ketones have also been super helpful. Um, I started taking them when I came off birth control. I came off birth control because of the bad depression it was giving me. And when I came off birth control, I had absolutely no periods for like a full year. And I had heard about ketones and their ability to kind of help you with chronic fatigue, with bloat challenges. And, and as a result of that, and the healing that they can have in the gut, I, they're also help with anxiety and depression. And so that's something that I've been taking once a day for the last gosh, year and a half, which seems absolutely crazy. But that has honestly played an integral role in helping me heal my mental health and my partner as well. Um, He's type two bipolar and we've seen kind of just a massive difference in his highs and lows. Um, and he's just a little bit more stable in his mood and it, it's done the same for both of us. So that's something um, along with the diet that's been really, really helpful for me. And then journaling. Journaling has been massive and not journaling from a sense of, um, well, sometimes the journaling is like letting it out, right? Like if you have all these thoughts, it's like getting them down on paper. But what I've been really doing lately, which has been working for me, is like asking myself the same questions every day. Is like, what made me feel really good today? What made me feel really crappy? What do I want to do a little bit better tomorrow? And just bringing the awareness from like outside of yourself back to within you, um, I think is so unbelievably important because our mental health challenges are happening within us, right? And so many people are like, well, what can I grab from the world? What can I grab from society to help me manage this? And my biggest lesson in everything when it comes to mental health is that your body really does know what it needs and really does know the answer. And nine times out of 10 in my life, mental health challenges have been like a flare from my body that like I'm 
something's off. Like there's, you're not listening to me. And I, you know, I have these anxious episodes and it's like your body's like, it's my body's way of going, hello, I'm here, pay attention. Um, And so those are kind of the things that have been really, really working for me. And then on a weird, like subconscious level, dealing with shame has been one of the most transformative things for me when it comes to not necessarily just by like my mental health, but my mental emotional health and like helping me be confident is like, what in my life do I have shame around? Whether that's my sexuality, whether that's, um, you know, my parental life, whether that's this thing that I'm still hiding from that I did in high school, like really bringing some of those things to light in a really safe container and safe environment has been massive for me because it takes that like looming, like that, that feeling like something's always looking over your shoulder to me, that shame in my head. And so actually like seeing those things and dealing with them has been the most transformative thing that I've ever done for my mental health. Are you doing that with a therapist? Or are you doing that with your journal or your, what is your process for letting go of some of that shame that you've been carrying? Yeah. So, I mean, in the personal development world, it's so funny because I'm just learning that the personal development world is kind of like split into like these two houses, right? And you've got the one side of the personal development world, which is like, think clean thoughts, be happy all the time. Your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Like all of those, like, heaven forbid you have a negative thought today. Um, Kind of like that's one side of the personal development world. And then there's like, this other beautiful side, which I'm finding because the positive side didn't really help me all that much. In fact, it all it kind of just made me feel a little bit shittier about myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? It's like, oh my God, I didn't think a million positive thoughts today. Like now I'm a train wreck because I had one negative thought out of my million. Um, <laughs> I'm just over it. I'm just so unbelievably over it. Um, so there's this whole other side of social development, which is and um, it's a little bit more darker and it's a little bit more realistic. And I, I hear it called a lot of the times like shadow work. So there are a lot of really, really great books on your shadow. And one of the people who's been like a massive mentor for me has been Lacey Phillips. Um, she runs a blog called To Be Magnetic. And she does a lot of work around the shadow side of the self. Um, and so I'm working through a lot of her programs as well as just with my journal being like, God, what do I have shame around? And then the most impactful thing is like, my partner and I have a, have worked really hard to have a really open relationship and a really like accepting relationship of each other and our past, like regardless of whether that's like past lovers, like whatever it is in our past, we try so unbelievably hard to be open and just there for each other. So if there's a shame element that I'm working through, like the first thing that I do is I, I accept it within myself. So I allow it to actually come to the surface by writing it in my journal. And, you know, to give an example of that, one of the things I recently realized that I had a ton of shame around, which was making me just small and shrink and like feel icky all the time was how I lost my virginity. There was just a lot of shame around it. I, I thought it was so unbelievably weird. I, I, you know, I wanted to have that ideal, like I waited for the right person type thing. There's all these weird social constructs around losing your virginity. And so I had 
pushed it down and pushed it down and pushed it down within me for a very, very long time. To the point where like, I didn't tell anybody about it. I lied to boyfriends about it. Like those things that you find yourself telling little white lies, like those are things you have shame around. Um, so the first thing I did was I, I acknowledged it within myself and was like, okay, this is what actually happened. <laughs> this is how you actually lost that. Right. Um, and then I wrote about it and I wrote about it in detail and like, this is how it happened. Right. Um, and then I brought it up to the surface in a whole new way. And this totally stripped any of the shame around it because another human knew and they still loved me. So I told my current partner about it. Like, I was just like, look, this is how it went down. And he was like, okay. And I'm like, wait, you still love me? He's like, totally. Like, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Like you were, so you were we have those little fingers in the back of our brain, isn't it? Like your brain is just like, oh, no one's going to love you if they find this out. And there's like this little part, even though you know it's not true, there's like a little part of your brain that's like, but maybe, you know, this person will leave me or maybe no one will like me. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, we, that's so normal and that's so yeah. human. And what I found is like the more that I'm able to bring those things that I've like locked away the key on. Um, to the surface and to light, the less power it has over me and the less kind of heavy I feel on the day to day. And that's been really helpful with like just managing depression for me. And um, if I could, if I look back at the times where I, I was bogged down with my mental health, like I was hiding a lot. Like I was pretending to be someone I wasn't like, there was just a lot of warning signs and that would be my biggest thing is just like start integrating who you are and how you're feeling and stop telling yourself you have to think a bajillion positive thoughts all day because like if there's a, something on the surface, if there's something underneath there that needs to come out, like it's going to come out later eventually. <laughs> so it's like, and yeah. And you can feel it too. It's so, it was so empowering for me to start realizing like I have the power to heal. Like I've been through trauma and messed up things in my life that I hid from for a long time too, that I didn't want to tell anyone about that. I had a lot of shame around, but then once I realized like I can bring them up and I'm strong enough to survive them, like, you know, I lived through them and I can live through bringing them up and I can live through yeah. healing them. And I have everything in me to move past them. And I get to create new narratives around them and make new stories around them. And I don't know, just that idea that I can heal them. Like I, I have what I need to heal any pain that's within me, anything that's happened to me, I can heal from them and I can move forward. And that idea, that idea was really empowering to me and like really helped me liberate myself and get myself out of that awful cycle I had been in for just years where I was just trapped in depression and trapped in misery and I couldn't even see, I couldn't even see a way out of it, honestly, for so long. But I think it's important if there's something in you that you need to heal to bring it up and not be scared, like you are strong and you can heal it. And there's part of us, I feel like that's at least in me where I was scared, where I was like, I don't know what will happen if I start thinking about mm -hmm. this. I don't know what will happen if I tell someone about this. And there's all this fear, but you are strong and you're capable and you're able to heal them no matter what that process it looks like for you. I know that it's possible. I know that healing is possible for you. And I know that you'll be able to figure that process out. It, for me anyway, when I started having the intention of like, I'm done with this shit, like I'm ready to heal this. 
I'm sick of it holding me back and I'm ready to move forward. The ways to do that became really clear to me. And once you set the intention, like you're ready to heal, I believe like this, your intuition and the steps will like come to you so quickly. That's what happened to me anyway. It was just like, you know, here's the way, (laughs) here's the teacher, here's the person, like, you know, here's, I met like another person that had been through really similar things that I had that basically like guided me through it, you know, and like, what are the chances of that happening? You know, it's just funny how it all works out. But it's, it's like that intention of not hiding from it anymore, where I was like, I'm done with hiding from this. I'm ready to heal from this. I'm ready to move on. And once I set that intention, it was really easy for me to figure out, it wasn't easy for me to do it, but it was easy for me to figure out what I needed to do. Like I felt really clearly called um, to work with certain people or have certain conversations or forgive certain people or do certain things. And it was a process, but I believe like in our own intuition, have you felt like that at all on your, have you experienced anything like that where you just felt like you knew the right things to do and you felt guided by your own intuition, letting some of this stuff go? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that is the work right um we like huh. I want to first off say just from like their previous conversation that if you don't have someone who you feel will like you know through thick and thin they will love you regardless of what comes out of your mouth and like you have that fear but you want to start bringing some of these things that you're shameful of like up to the surface like work with the therapist like that's what they're for right yes. um I think that they're a really really great resource and I've worked with therapists um you know, before who've helped me own some things that were like, I just had so much shame around. And that was really, really impactful and like, really, really helpful in getting me started. Um, But going back to your question about the intuition, like, I think that is the work, like, I think that's what we're all here for. Um, I truly believe that when we're born in this world, we have these beautiful intuitions and these inner knowings and personalities. And as we go throughout our life, the shame and the experiences that we have and like the way that we're parented really shifts us and can in a lot of ways, especially because we live in such a material world can take us away from that sense of self. And any moment in my life where I've like followed that gut instinct has been trans so unbelievably transformative to me. And so the question that like, I'm always asking myself personally is like, is this my genuine desire? Like, is this what I truly want? Or is this what someone else or society or something outside of me has told me I need, if that makes sense. Um, And that's been kind of helping me distinguish my intuition from like a really good marketing message about this cool program or, um, you know, there's like really great CBD oil. I'm like, okay, do I actually need CBD oil? Like is, you know, and I've tried CBD oil on, I don't think I tried it long enough to say if it works for me or not, but your, your gut knows, like, tr- like genuinely trust it. Um, and the more that you do that too, like the clearer it becomes, like the more you listen to it, the louder it gets, which I think is people are always like, well, I don't know if that's the right thing. Like, what if that's not the right thing to do? Like, I know it's saying this, but what if it's not right? Um, write down what you did is one of the things that like I did to try and build that like intuition trust muscle is like it told me to do this okay I did it what was the outcome 
right? Was it, was it good? And like build that case for yourself that like you can trust yourself. Because I think that's what it comes all, it all comes back to is like, can you trust yourself? Is what we're all wondering. And um, the more you can prove to yourself that you're, you can, the louder your intuition will get. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot easier time with the intuition stuff now that I'm kind of through some of the darker mental health stuff. But something that people ask me a lot about is like how they're like, how do you know it's your intuition and like, what's your mental illness? And like that can just Mm. be such a convoluted space to be in. But I think if you're in a place where things don't feel clear, I always just wait. (laughs) That's like my go-to thing is like, just wait. And once this has been like game changing for me, it might sound like silly to a lot of people, but I am a pretty, I have a lot of momentum and I do a lot of things in my life and I'm always going in a thousand directions at once. And once I realize I could just wait and I don't have to like take action right away, or if I feel a nudge, like I don't have to act on it right away. I can just wait. And that was like a really big game changer for me. So if you're someone that's struggling with mental health and you're kind of in the thick of it and you're wanting to become more intuitive and more guided, definitely listen to those voices, but just sit and just wait and just ask for clarity. Like I ask for clarity all the time. I'm like, is this right? Like help me be clear, help me feel clear. Um, What's the next step? And I ask for guidance all the time, but if I'm not sure, I'm not scared to just wait (laughs) and like ask for more clarity. And that's really helped me develop my intuition anyway, where it's gotten, now I feel like really clear on it. But when I first started doing this and I had depression and anxiety, it kind of like, it became very convoluted. (laughs) Yeah. And like, (laughs) I, have you heard, have you, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Oh, the book is dry. Oh, uh oh. Okay. There's this incredible book. I'm going to let you know what it's called. Um, sorry something soul something soul you might have read it it's like it's all about like your thoughts and stuff but anywho um before I read that book I strongly believed that all of my thoughts were true that like every single one of my thoughts could be trusted and that because I was thinking it it was right and because I was thinking it it was me and one of the things that this the untethered soul that's the name of the book oh yeah 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 and one of the things that that book really taught me was that I am not my thoughts and I think what makes it really really hard for someone even who's like so unbelievably in tune with their intuition to describe how your intuition talks to you I think the challenge is that the only way we know as people how to communicate with other people is by talking but for me my intuition doesn't talk me with words if I'm hearing words in my head I know that's my mind my intuition talks to me because I'm very like sacral driven and talks to me with like feelings like like if my stomach drops that's a no if I feel my body like get really excited that's my intuition going yes follow that um and I think I think we have this feeling and like oh gosh especially when you're anxious like if you're a very anxious person, you have a million thoughts going on in your head all the time. And what really, really helped me was realizing that like, if I can hear myself thinking, it's not me. 
because anytime that you're able to observe something, it's not yourself, right? Like if you can hold a pen in front of you, you can observe it. It's separate from you. So if you can then start to hear your thoughts in your head, you can go, okay, wait, that's not, that's not actually me. That's my mind. And what blew my mind and what so unbelievably helped me with my anxiety was realizing that my mind is a tool that I have to navigate my time on this planet. It's not God. Like it's not the end all be all. It's a, it's a tool that this meat suit of mine has been given. There are other tools that I can tune into. And truthfully, my thoughts aren't super trustworthy. (laughs) I know. I was just thinking that your thoughts will talk to you like they know too. (laughs) Your mind will come in like it knows like everything. Like it knows the truth and it knows everything. And it, (laughs) which is so funny because it just doesn't. (laughs) At least mine doesn't. (laughs) No. And even more like, kind of going down a science-y rabbit hole, but like our brain is actually only developed to help us stay safe from fucking dinosaurs and like like lions and like we don't live in that time anymore. Like we no longer need to be protected from those things. So our brains for the most part are like they're running around without jobs. So if you're not tiring out your mind intellectually every day, where it's exhausted or you're studying or you're using it to think about things that have nothing to do with the self, then of course it's going to use up its energy by overanalyzing and being super critical of what it is that you're doing every day of your life, right? But if I look back to example when I was in university and I had to sit down with a textbook and study and I had to be taking in that information, I didn't have as much anxiety because I didn't have time to overanalyze and be super critical of the self or like how people were responding to me. Like my mind had a job to do and then that was for it to learn. So like if you can, one, detach from the facts, which just it took me so long. And I used to get so frustrated with that book that like your mind is not always right. Like if you can really understand that like every thought isn't true and you don't have to believe everything that you think. Um, and then find out what, it, what your brain likes to do if you suffer from anxiety and do that. Like, give it a time to do that every day, and it'll stop attacking you so much, right? I love the idea of giving your mind a job. <laughs> like, give it something to do so it will leave you alone. <laughs> give it something to do. Like, yeah, we all have those things. There's, there's that thing that people love just right now. The thing that I'm loving eating up is astrology and human design. So, like, if I can take a textbook on human design and sit down and learn everything there is to know about it, that was what I did last night. And as a result of that, I had less overall anxiety because I wasn't just sitting on the couch, like thinking about all the food I ate that day or whatever else. <laughs> yeah, just being hard on yourself or beating yourself up because you're busy. I love that. Give your mind a job. Give it a job. Yeah, that's so good. I've never heard that before, but that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's really smart. Um, I don't know how to transition out of this conversation. It's been so good. I asked Coraline, I was like, come give some self-care tips. And of course, then her and I go down this rabbit hole of like intuition and like souls and minds. And <laughs> I feel like exactly you're not going to go. I love talking to you about all this, all this stuff because I feel like we totally vibe on the same wavelengths but this has been such a great conversation you guys have to go follow her can you tell them where they can find you online 
Yeah, so main place for me right now, my website is down because it's got some exciting things coming, which is super fun. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at Coraline Hazelwood, C-O-R-A-L-Y-N-N Hazelwood. Um, and yeah, I'll link her Instagram below. I'll link her Instagram below. Go follow her and watch her stories. Send her love. Give her comments. Give her all the Instagram love. I super appreciate you taking the time to be here. Thank you so much. I feel like this has been a really insightful conversation and they got to hear from someone besides me. Usually they just listen to me talking, which <laughs> I was like looking at how many episodes I'm like, man, I've recorded, you know, just dozens of episodes of just me talking. <laughs> I, I do the same on my podcast where I try to have like solo episodes and then interview episodes. And what I'll say as from like a hosting standpoint is that the conversational episodes with someone else, I learn more about myself than I could ever have learned on my like solo episodes. So I think your, your mind is going to be blown over the next little while as you interview people. And sure, like it just also brings in so much love for other types of human beings. Like you get to really appreciate the differences in everybody. And I think that also helps break a lot of walls with, with mental health. It's like, we're not all the same. Like we're all really fucking different and that's so cool. Um, so I'm excited to listen. I'm, I'm excited because I feel like I get to introduce like my internet friends to my other internet friends. You know what I mean? Like you and I have been internet friends and then I feel like yeah. my audience are like my internet family. So I'm like introducing my two little worlds together and I'm really, really excited about it because I feel Thank like you. we're, we're friends with so many awesome women online that are doing so many amazing things and I can't wait to have them on the podcast. Thank you so much for being my guinea pig and for letting me interview you and pick your brain. I think you're super insightful and you're just someone I really enjoy following online and talking to. And I feel so my blessed friend. that I feel so blessed that I've gotten to know you this last year. So I don't know how to end this podcast. So <laughs> I will see you guys in the next episode. Come join the Mental Health Mastermind. Come hop on that call with me Saturday. I love you guys, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.